0: I just I just I just speak my peace, my peace. What's good y'all? Welcome to episode one ten of the Speak My Peace Podcast. As always, I'm your gracious host, Greg Lacey. Like we always do about this time, I hope this episode reaches you all in good health and that you take care of yourself and your loved ones, as we know how vital that is today. Before we do get into anything, I want to say that for my new listeners and for listeners who've been around for a while, themes that we cover within this podcast are transparency, um, me just pouring myself onto y'all and giving you all my life experiences when I speak about certain subjects, um, accountability, accountability, and the last one is independency. Um, independency from a stance of looking within self and not becoming reliant upon external factors. And in essence, you know, the majority of the time I speak about independence is because of uh, I, I like to speak openly about our communities, the communities that are predominantly made up of black people and how, you know, we lack resources. We lack the funds that are being poured into these communities and we lack and so many other things because we're afterthoughts. Not even afterthoughts. We're not thought at all in most in most cases. But I speak about independency from a, a stance of, you know, us building up our communities ourselves. Um, we don't get rid of the policing problems, the over policing problems when we do that, but we eliminate the need for policing in those communities. Um, when we when we are building up the communities ourselves. Resources, you know, majority of the time these type of neighborhoods that are made up. Of people that look like us, they lack a lot of resources because the city, the state, wherever the case may be, are not pouring in resources into these areas because, quite frankly, they don't care about us. Um, And so when we, you know, are able to find resources, create resources, create opportunities for ourselves, we become less reliant upon people who just simply don't care for us. And I think that that's very important. Last episode. I feel like we got into a good groove and spoke on a very important topic um, in alcoholism, a topic that I feel like is not talked about enough. And we're going to continue with that groove in this episode. I want to start off by saying that from my perspective, I'm not against drinking alcohol. I'm not against the consumption of alcohol. I was just speaking from the standpoint of I think we become too reliant upon it and we ignore the negative factors, the negative behavior, the negative effects that comes from us turning to alcohol so much and and large consumptions of alcohol. I think we always have to be cognizant of how things affect us. This podcast comes from a place of 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 inspiration of like looking within self rather than having this this woe is me type of mind state this is going back into the the independency thing that i was speaking about like i don't want us to be in a place to where we feel like neighborhood let me say this liquor stores in those type of neighborhoods are strategically placed the way they are placed you go into a neighborhood that's predominantly black predominantly Latinx, wherever the case may be, you're going to find in a couple mile radius, a few liquor stores. You go to a suburb, you won't see too many liquor stores. You might, in some cases, you might not see a liquor store at all. And there's reasons for that. And so that accessibility and that nearness of of this vice, of this poison, um, it allows us to continue habits that were passed down for generations before us um, in terms of, of, of alcohol, I think that we ignore the fact that alcoholism is a thing. You know, we speak about drug addiction within our communities um, and we speak about just how bad, you know, that is, but we never speak about alcoholism. Um, I feel like in a sense, alcoholism is more welcome than drug addiction. And what I mean by that is that like you can you can have a family to where they can have a known drug addict, someone that you know can't shake whatever drug they're addicted to, and that person can be shunned from the family. You won't speak from that, you won't you won't speak to that person, you won't hear from that person, that person may go on and live the, the remaining years of their lives on the streets because they may have caused some type of riff in the family, whether that's stealing from someone, causing harm to someone, um many other things that drug addicts turn to do and so because of that they are like shunned from their families and lose contact and that's like something that's common it's not only you know i've seen it personally but i've heard stories of it as well um second-hand accounts third-hand accounts whatever the case may be from other people's families and so that is the reality of like a drug addict some families you know they are cognizant of just how bad addiction is and they may turn to get that um user some help in terms of like treatment and rehab or things like that just to try to fix them but i say all that to say that in the same sense i believe that alcoholism is welcome because we don't treat alcoholics the same in fact like most alcoholics and most families are like welcome like they're seen of like as a life for the party it's like we're planning a party was well, ray ray coming oh was well, it's gonna be a good time because Ray Ray is a good time when he's drunk, and we're gonna have alcohol, we have an open bar. Like, these are things that I don't think it's intentionally meant to come off as that way, but this is this is common. If you listen to this podcast and you're black, you've probably seen or heard those type of conversations within your family as far as like the known alcoholic um, coming to a party and, and livening up the party. I think that because of that, we continue to aid and abide in these type of behaviors, but again, these are not the like the the behaviors of a of a of an alcoholic is not something that we should continue to welcome or warrant because it creates that behavior it creates that inspiration it creates that you know um what is the word I'm looking for? it creates that, that need or that want for that younger person seeing that person like, okay, that person is um, the life of the party. So now let me mimic or, or do what this person is done Now I'm 13, now I'm 14. Let me get a sip of alcohol. Oh, you know, that burned my chest. But it, felt, it feels good, how I'm feeling, it feels good. So now when I'm 18, now when I'm 21, and I'm hanging out with friends, and the, the use of alcohol is, 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 is more prevalent in my life, now I can consume in a large in, in in large consumptions because now I want to act like my uncle. Now I want to act like my cousin because I've seen it. I know how, you know, what this does to me. I know that feeling or I heard of that feeling of just not really having control of my body. Not to get off topic, but that's just like to, to give you all the sense of like how I feel that I believe that alcoholics should be. First of all, I don't think anyone should be shunned, but I feel like alcoholics and the, the use of alcohol is more welcome in families than drugs are. Um, when they both should be looked at as the same because they both they both cause a lot of harm and damage. I want to read you all this um, excerpt from the Malcolm X biography that I feel is very prevalent for this episode. This uh, excerpt says, the black man in the ghettos, for instance, has to start self-correcting his own material, moral and spiritual defects and the evils. The black man needs to start his own program to get rid of drunkenness, drug addiction, and prostitution. The black man in America has to lift up his own sense of values. And the reason why I believe this is so aligned with this episode, because there are we have to intentionally like in order for us to cope, to to build this independence, in order for us to really, really grow. We have to intentionally begin to self-correct these destructional or destructive behaviors, I should say. Um, I feel like my generation is a generation of, of people who are very aware despite the negative um, backlash we get. I know a lot of like, older generations say like this is the most sensitive generation. We have a problem with everything. Um, but that's a good thing like it's okay to be sensitive, it's okay to express emotions because we were raised by a generation of people who didn't express emotions. I'm not gonna say everyone, black people are not a monolith. I should remember that as I speak about us. Um, but I think that when that information is spread about my generation, about us being sensitive and us having a problem about everything and old oh, back in my day. And when we think about things like that, it's kind of like demeaning what we're doing because we are so aware we are intentional uh, of breaking generational curses and and not even generational curses within our family just generational curses within our culture like as a whole there are so many things within a black community that we have to correct that should have been corrected uh a decade two decades ago um that we are intentional about correcting now and i think when you bring awareness of things that are destructive to our community it creates a better, um, pipeline of, you know, those corrective measures. I think that when we're speaking about it, when we're bringing awareness to certain things, when there are, uh, uh, support groups, when there are podcasts, when there are Instagram posts, when there are people just sharing their accounts for similar instances, um, of, of destructive behaviors that they've witnessed, um, that they've gone through, that they've heard about, I think that it opens the eyes to other people. And so, in a sense of drunkenness and a sense of alcoholism, I think that when we speak about it, when we have that conversation more and not shun it, but when we are upfront in a sense of, of speaking about just its effects and how it would affect families, I think that it creates a better place. For the generations to come, to understand, like, yes, it's okay to have fun, it's okay to consume these things, but also it's better to understand your moderation. It's better to understand how this affects you, um, short term, long term. It's better to understand the, how it affects the relationships you create with people um, or the relationships you have with people, and just different things like that. I think that. I'm so proud of the generation that we are in because of we have these platforms and we can speak about certain things and we can speak about how we feel about certain things because it's what it's what's needed. Like I grew up in like a digital media era. Granted, it has evolved in a sense of like the, the era that I grew up in versus the era that my nieces and nephews are growing up in. It's is completely different. But I saw firsthand just Internet develop into what it is now to where they were born is something that was already developed and it's gonna to continue to develop. But because of that I know that they will continue to have a platform and this thing's will this thing will expound more than it has been. And so they're more aware and they're more equipped with information to create better generations for their family, um, to come and to correct these uh, corrective measures. This is going back into that independency. It's like and I kinda briefly touched upon it and just went away from it. But the reason why I was speaking about just how liquor stores are strategically placed in our neighborhoods, um, it's kinda in a sense of it's kinda in a sense they're enablers. They're strategically placed in our neighborhoods because they know that just the life of a of a black man, black woman, a black person in general in America is hard. We deal with a lot of things that cause us stress. We internalize a lot of stress. We don't you know have too many outlets because of certain things are are looked down upon um the topic of you know mental health is, is becoming more prevalent today but we come from a long line of people who just don't address mental health um don't speak about mental health because it seemed as as weak um we come from a long line of resilient people and with all those things the combination of all those things it it, it builds up a lot of pent-up anger Um, with no release and so we never know where to turn and so when you have a vice that can numb you and take you away from that thing and in this sense i'm strictly speaking about alcohol why wouldn't you turn to that you know it's like i know people who go to work come home and when they come home the first thing they turn to is alcohol because they they've had a long day um it's become a habit um, but also they may just be dealing with other things outside of work, but because they spent their entire day at work or so many hours at work that they just don't really have time to emotionally unpack all the other things that they're dealing with in their life outside of work. And so they turn to that numbing agent, which is alcohol. I spoke about it in a previous episode about just I don't like alcohol because as I stepped away from it, I started to realize that like nothing I consume should make me feel the way that alcohol makes me feel. And I was able to better assess that, like, okay, this is actually poison. It's not, yeah, I'm not even going to disparage that. It's actually poison. Like, nothing should internally make me feel the way alcohol makes me feel. And because of that, I have to step away from it. Now, as of late, I've gotten back into drinking. I don't drink, like, heavily. I drink, I'll say, socially, but I know my limit. I know I may drink uh, one drink, one cocktail a day or I may drink if I'm not driving, I may drink two cocktails. But I like won't go too far because I don't want to ever get back into that habit to where now I find myself just having to drink all the time now. But now I am in control of this relationship with this poison. I can dictate when and when I do and when I don't consume it. Another thing that we have to be cognizant of is the long term effects of alcohol. I'm gonna read off this list that I got from the CDC. Granted, I've made some disparaging remarks about the CDC in previous episodes because of how they're handling this P word. Um but I feel like this list that they put together um in terms of the long term effects of alcohol, it should be it should be accurate. Um But there's the long term effects of of, This is high alcohol consumption. Um, High blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, liver disease, and digestive problems. Um, I know people who have one of the two in in that list alone. Um, Another thing, cancer of breast, mouth, throat, esophagus, voice box, liver, colon, and rectum. I don't know anyone who's ever had cancer that was directly related to the alcohol consumption, but that was eye opening. and it's, it's not surprising. Another one, weakening of the immune system, increasing the chances of getting sick. I've seen that happen. Um, speaking about it being poisoned and speaking about the effects that alcohol has when you consume it, whether that's the hangover or whether that's in a moment when it's numbing you. Um, I am not surprised by that either. Um, learning and memory problems, including dementia and poor school performance. That's... I'm not surprised by that. Um, when I was drinking, I was in school. And while I feel like I have a great memory, I know that my memory has taken a toll over like the last five years for whatever reason. Granted, the last six years I haven't been drinking, but I've like been cognizant of like there are certain things that I've remembered. Um, there are certain things that I should have remembered that I just have not remembered. Like I've had conversations with people and they've like revisited certain things or or spoke about certain things that I've done. um, And I was like, wow, okay, I remember that. But if I didn't have the conversation with you, I wouldn't even think about that. And it could be that, you know, I have gone through so much in my life within that time period that I just pushed it somewhere and just forgot about it. And so when they spoke about it, those memories were were rehashed. But I'm a visual learner. um, And because I'm a visual learner, I'm also half a photo. I don't know if it's because, but I'm a visual learner and I also have a photographic memory. So like I may not remember information per se, but I definitely can remember events um, that involved me so far. And it's like we're speaking about certain when I speak about certain things with certain people and I don't remember those certain events. It's it's surprising as hell to me. But I wouldn't be surprised if um, my memory problems is directly linked to um, just my uh, consumption of, of, of alcohol. Another thing on the list is mental health problems, including depression, anxiety. Speaking about, you know, people turn into this as a numbing agent to take them away from the world, um, to take their minds off things and just really not deal with the things in, in, in a sense. Um, alcohol will do that to you. I remember. When I the most I've ever been tested in my soberness was when my brother died. I didn't have any. Hold on a second. When my brother died, I didn't like have a thought in my mind. I was like, okay, I need to turn to alcohol. I need to, I need this now so that I can take my mind off things and I just won't be here in a moment. I never had any of those thoughts come across my mind. But I remember after the fact, after like a couple of weeks went by and I looked back on it, I was like, wow, I went through all that and I didn't drink any alcohol. But I was dealing with a lot of depression during that time. Um, I had to sit with those emotions. I had to deal with those emotions. And so for me to go through that and not turn to that is when I really knew that, oh, this thing should be a walk in a park. But had I had turned to that, to the heavy alcohol consumption, even moderate alcohol consumption, um, that's something that's common. That's especially for us. Um, we deal with black people are succumb to a lot of homicide, black people consume to a lot of violence, um. And there's many other things injustices uh, violence from the police and different things like that that black people have to succumb to in their life that you know this is that thing that we turn to just to remove us even if it's just for a moment from the world um so for this to be linked to mental health problems it it speaks volumes to just the consumption of you know what we uh, and what we intake in alcohol. And this list I'm reading you all is not specifically pertaining towards black people. This list is just in general, the long-term effects of uh, alcohol use. Uh, another one, social problems including family problems, drug related problems of unemployment. Spoke about that early, um, just about the family welcoming and things like that. And then the last one is alcohol use disorders, alcohol dependence. The alcohol dependence is where this, this term alcoholism comes from. Or It's we turn to it for so many things. You know, we drink alcohol to celebrate life. We drink alcohol to remove us in the moment from whatever's going on in our life. We drink alcohol to, to I guess, aid us as we're going through different things in life. And while many of those reasons are definitely causation to turn to alcohol, when we consume too much of it, we start to build a dependence because for one our tolerance is is going up and with tolerance i mean just how much we can take um and so because our tolerance are going up we be we continue to consume more and more and more and we're not really realizing that but our tolerance are going up and also our dependence are going up and so we have to be cognizant of that and as i wrap up this episode i just want to say man i love you all I'm always going to speak from a place of us bettering each other, um passing on us onto each other. But mainly important bettering ourselves for the generations to come from uh, behind us. You know, the the change that we want to see for our people in this world is not going to happen maybe in our lifetime, but we can ignite the fire or ignite the flame um within the next generation to see those changes through. And we can't do that if we are not honest with things that are destroying our communities, um, we are not honest with things that are destroying our families. It's very important that we are cognizant of that, we are aware of that, and we are truthful in a relationship that things, uh, negative things, have upon us. And once we are able to do that, I think we should be good. I'm, I'm honestly think we should be good. Um, as we get out of here, about what to watch for this week. <sighs> it's the end of an era. Blackish finale aired two days prior to the release of this episode, so if you have not seen it, please go watch it. Um, I said finale, but it's a series finale, not season finale. Um, it's been an amazing eight years. I, I think this was season eight. If I got the season wrong, I definitely, I'm um, gonna come back and correct the next episode. But it's been an amazing eight years. The topics they've covered, the representation of a black family that they covered, um, for me, media representation of a of a man and comes from the neighborhood I come from to move and you know excel through life and 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 have this representation of a of a, of a black family, of a wealthy black family, a well-to-do black family, and passing on lessons and and also um, taking lessons and then just lessons in fatherhood, lessons of being black. Um, lessons in raising children within this uh, affluent neighborhood and different things like that. I feel like there are so many topics that were covered in these seasons that it's definitely going to be missed. And I'm glad that I was alive and able to see this thing from start to finish. So thank you, Kenya Barris and everyone that was involved, from the actors to the other producers to the writers. Um, this is definitely the end of a great era. As we get out of here, my what to watch for this week is Blackish, the series finale. That's the Speak on Peace podcast for this week. I'm out.